Welcome to the Talk with Rox podcast. I'm your host, Roxana Karimi, licensed psychotherapist. Join me as we talk about psychology, spirituality, and the human experience. I look forward to helping you expand your consciousness as you work toward healing and reconnecting with your inner voice. Hello. Hey guys, welcome back. I cannot believe that we are in February already, but here we are. Um, And if you've been to Ralph's or Trader Joe's or Target, any of the grocery stores, then you know that it's Valentine's Day month. There's hearts and candy everywhere. And yeah, the consumerism of it is, is exhausting a little bit and also just so in your face. I always struggle with like, can we get through one month, one holiday at a time? And it seems like the answer is no. I think this one in particular can can be difficult for people because as a culture, we have so romanticized love and finding love as really a be-all to happiness and another check to mark off on the box of accomplishments. And I do think that love should be celebrated, especially long-term love and marriage that people have really worked hard to maintain and to get through because love and conscious relationship is not something that you just find or you just happen upon. It is something that you cultivate and in finding that person whose shit you feel is compatible with yours That's the beauty of creating conscious relationship, right? Is just knowing like, okay, those are your wounds. These are my wounds. And we can openly communicate about them and be vulnerable about them. And that is how you can be in a really good conscious, healthy relationship. There's not just one perfect person out of the billions of people that are here on the earth for you. There's a lot of people who could be right, and if you're choosing to have a conscious relationship, then that's something that you need to be aware of as well, too, just that idea or the myth of the one. And I think that's something that holds a lot of us back, you know, a lot of people who are single right now during a pandemic, like that has just become so difficult, and I think it is a good time to be looking at your attachment styles and to be understanding your wounds better so that as things start to open up, you can be moving into your search for partnership or relationship with a little bit more of a conscious attitude. And, you know, to be completely honest and to share about myself, I've spent the last few years after my divorce pretty uninterested in romantic relationship at all, Um, especially in this past year. I have really just been in my masculine energy, creating, starting a business and trying to get my life and my career established. This became really important to me. You know, I mean, for a variety of reasons, but a big reason was because in my last relationship, there wasn't space for me to do so. It was a really codependent relationship where I felt like I had to give up a lot of myself. I had to give up a lot of my dreams in order to maintain the relationship. Um, Excuse me. So after that, I've really been been working through this limiting belief that I can have a relationship without having to give up all of myself and that I can have all the things I desire and also have a good relationship. As we know, these limiting beliefs are often being formed around the same time as attachment. 
that's when our subconscious is being developed really um, and the programming is starting oof, so, so early. And this was something that, you know, my particular pattern I witnessed and experienced in childhood and on. And so when it came time to this relationship, it it almost felt easy for me to give myself up because I just believed that that's how it was supposed to be. And as I work through understanding my attachment style and uncovering these limiting beliefs um, about relationships in general, I, I really encourage you to do though do so also, because as we know, you know these wounds, these attachment styles, they often are so unconscious to us and we are projecting that out into the world with this deep desire to repair and to have healthy relationships. And if they stay in the unconscious, then well, they're just going to direct that without you even knowing it. So it's a perfect time for you to be looking at that and to be learning more about attachment as we're going to do today. Um, So maybe that's something that we can work on together this month. Uh, If you're up for it, go ahead and get out a sheet of papers. Sorry, I'm old school. I still use a journal pen and paper style. So pull it out and write a list of all your beliefs or you can you can type it. That's totally fine, too. Um, on the left side, kind of just write down all of your beliefs that you have about your relationship. And then on the right side, I want you to start thinking about your needs and how your uh, attachment style dictates how you go about expressing or getting your needs met. And what I'm talking about for this left side is I want you to write down all of your core beliefs about relationships that might be limiting you, right? Like mine. I believe that I have to give up myself in order to have a relationship. As I've consciously made this decision now to focus more on relationship in my life, getting ready for a real romantic relationship again, I'm finding that I'm wanting to be more in my feminine energy, uh, like softer, more open to love. And it's funny because it's coming out in like, oh, I want to paint my nails pink or wear this pink sweater and I'm not a pink person at all, really. So it's just interesting to see, especially as someone who who has an avoidant attachment style, how that's showing up or how my my true unconscious desires for a partner really are being expressed. And, you know, it's tough because those limiting beliefs are so deep. And though I can logically understand what the point of a relationship is or what the point of a partner is, as an avoidant, I I look at it as, you know, I don't really have needs or I'm independent and I don't need anybody else to, to meet those for me. You know, strong beliefs that even if I expressed those needs to another person, that I would be let down or disappointed, you know, in my needs being unmet. So, Those are really deep in the subconscious and, you know, I need to personally take them through Conscious Healing's four-point formula in order to fully reprogram them and change them to create space for a partner, but also to create this openness in the belief that it's possible so that when it does show up, I'm able to receive it. That's really important too. So let's get into it. Today, we're going to talk about attachment theory so you can start to better understand your own patterns and your attachment style and how that might might be impacting your relationships. I find that people really love learning about attachment theory and their attachment styles, 
And I know when I was in graduate school learning about it, it totally blew my mind. So I get that. And I think that it's great that people can start consciously thinking about their relationship patterns and their childhood wounds. You know, I think the context that it gives, maybe it almost feels like a lifeboat or something solid to hold on to, especially when you've been dealing with difficult relationship patterns for so long. You really feel like you need that and just waking up to how you're attracting those same patterns into your life. And it's funny because I think there's a couple of different reactions that people have that I've noticed when they start to learn about attachment. On one hand, we have the person who becomes really hyper aware of their style. They're analyzing their every mood, move, excuse me. And then there's a group of people who awaken to it, but sort of project it out, refuse to look at it within themselves. They think, oh, I'm secure. I must be secure. So they start looking at their partner's attachments or their deal and they get pretty good at pointing those out, which is great. That's important to do too. But if you're not looking at your own attachment style or how your own subconscious beliefs about relationship are working to repair and to attract these relationships and those certain attachment styles into your life, that's going to be a huge problem because that is where the change needs to happen. So I know it's hard. I know it's scary, but be willing to look at yourself. Be willing to look at your childhood. Even though there may be some pain there, the pain of maintaining these toxic relationships or these patterns of being that aren't working anymore, I think is pretty, pretty freaking painful too. So what is attachment? Attachment begins with the infant caregiver bond, but it colors your whole world all the way into adult relationships. This style isn't fixed. It can be different with different people based on their uh, attachment style as well. In the in the early stages of childhood, it does tend to be pretty fixed. So those first six months of life are super important, super, super important. But attachment is in development between the ages of zero to seven. And honestly, I think a little bit on too, especially as you're uh, thinking about romantic relationships, those experiences, the people that you're dating, the crushes that you're having and things like that, that does have an impact too. But attachment theory is looking at that core bond, that core attachment style that was developed in childhood. So all these unconscious experiences that you've had in life have this huge impact on you about the beliefs you have about relationship, about the beliefs about your needs being met and the ability of the world to show up for you, for you to trust in that. And of course, as well as what you're projecting out into the world and what you're attracting based on what is needing that repair. This theory was first developed by a British psychologist named John Bowlby in the early 1900s. He believed that the emotional quality of our earliest attachment is the single most important influence on human development. That says a lot, right? I mean, it's that important. His original theory was based on the premise that we are hardwired from birth to seek out relationships for survival, to seek out that connection with others that promote our physical and our internal sense of security. We can define attachment as an emotional bond with another person. In childhood, that's the caregiver. One of the biggest discoveries he had was that attachment led to proximity for the child and therefore that meant safety and survival. 
So as it is a core attachment, it is deeply connected to survival. Getting fed, getting warmth and a roof over your head, getting love and physical touch. These are things that a baby needs in order to survive. And, you know, we are one of the only species that that needs that emotional connection for survival. And there have been studies that have been done on this, actually studies with monkeys. Uh, the psychologist was Harry Harlow. And I think it's just called the monkey experiment, if you want to look it up. It's really cute. Um, a little sad, but it's cute. And I'll actually go ahead and try to link it in the show notes as well, too. But the experiment's premise was that monkeys just need food to survive, right? So they set up a control. There were two wire moms, and one was the wire mom that gave them food. And then there was another little wire robot mom, but that had some warm fuzziness to her too. And that one didn't have any food. So it turned out that the monkeys preferred the snuggly mom more than the other. They preferred to cuddle with her. So they would go and they would get their food and then they would immediately go to the snuggly mom and spend most of the rest of the day with her. So it's not just about getting food and surviving. That's not going to be enough to develop a secure attachment. We need that nurturing and emotional attunement, that bond to be able to thrive in life and to develop healthy attachment. That healthy attachment style, that secure attachment style, it also leads to a really healthy internalized voice, that inner voice that is more authentic, that is more in trust comes from having a secure attachment. So learning about your attachment style will help you understand those deeply ingrained early childhood wounds, those triggers, and move toward a more secure attachment. Like we said, those with a secure attachment style, they have a better, stronger, internalized voice. They have stronger bonds with people in their lives. They're great communicators, and they're able to form healthy relationships that hold appropriate boundaries between dependence and independence. Most importantly, they feel secure within themselves, right? You do want that to be the goal for any conscious healing that you do. That goal should be for a more secure sense of self. Because once you do have that, you can really start working through some of the other wounds, some of the other triggers in a better way because you have that trust in yourself. So how do you get that secure attachment style? Well, when a child receives consistent attunement to their needs, they learn how to best make sense of the world, how to trust, and how to self-regulate. This pattern becoming predictable to them helps the child interpret stress and learn how to self-soothe, knowing that their needs will be met rather than activating dysregulation and fear of abandonment, neglect, or rejection. Um, Or just fear of, oh my god, I don't know when I'm going to get fed next, right? In childhood, this dysregulation can look like a fussy baby or a tantruming toddler. And later in life, it looks like an inability to manage emotions well, to handle frustration or rejection or any stressful situations in a healthy manner. So how does a parent successfully attune to their baby to ensure the secure attachment? Well, there was a psychologist named Donald Winnicott. Um, He was an object relations researcher and a psychoanalyst, and he coined the concept of the good enough mother. 
See, that's how dated this work is, right? We know that it's not just moms who parent now, so we're going to call them the good enough caregiver. This concept states that, firstly, a parent only need to get it right 50% of the time in order for the baby to securely attach. That seems pretty reasonable, right? But that can be hard for so many different reasons that aren't always abuse or neglect. Parents have jobs, they have other kids, they have their own wounding that they may not have dealt with. And, you know, definitely in past generations, no one was talking about attachment parenting or conscious parenting or really parenting at all. It was enough that you were fed and you had a home and the emotional stuff was just not even thought about in regular households, at least not um, as it is now. So the good enough parent starts by attuning almost 100% to the baby's cues. That means every cry, every scream is addressed and the parent will pick the baby up, you know, usually sacrificing their own sleep at this point to fulfill all of the infant's needs. And that also means that you have to get really good at discerning what each cry or scream is indicating as far as what the baby is trying to communicate. But after some time, usually after about six months, then the parent can start to allow the baby to feel frustration for longer periods of time. This is the Fokker method, right? I'm just kidding. I don't know if that's actually a real thing. I'm just talking about meet the parents. But you do want to let your baby cry it out sometimes, especially after this point, because that is how they learn how to self-soothe and learn that emotional regulation skill. That builds their frustration tolerance up, their confidence in the world increases in themselves and in the world's ability to, to catch them and to have their needs being met. So the caregiver goes from being perfect, attuning 100% to every cry, to good enough, and baby allowing the baby to cry for a few minutes before checking in. This is a super important part of a child's development. Um, for once they reach the real world because if they're living in this weird hallucination as Winnicott called it where they're being met a hundred percent of the time then they're going to experience disillusionment where they get into the real world and they realize oh that's that's not really true my needs aren't being met and I don't know how to tolerate this within myself so that's for the regular healthy development now that's possible that it could still lead a parent who is caring, kind, conscious, but, you know, baby struggles to understand the way that their baby's communicating to have that baby develop an insecure attachment. Of course, if there's trauma or if there's inconsistent emotional and physical attunement, maybe there's abandonment, maybe there's, you know, unfortunately, divorce, even if it's um, you know, very positive and very great co-parenting, that back and forth and that inconsistency, if it's happening at such a young age, can create an inconsistent pattern of that child's needs being met. And so that will create some insecure attachment styles. The good news is that you can heal your attachment style with therapy. Again, it's not fixed. It will be different based on who your counterpoint is, if they have a secure attachment, if they have an anxious attachment. But therapy is one place where you can experience what a secure bond looks like, what a secure relationship looks like. And you can practice relating to another person who is safe and 
whose sole purpose is to connect with you and to mirror what you're experiencing. That really is one of the hugest benefits of therapy is just to increase your trust in relationship building. And I know you're probably really, really interested in looking at your attachment style. So you can go ahead and start to do some research. There's a lot of really great about this, really great people that you can look up YouTubes on and things like that. I love the School of Life, um, Alain de, de Botton. I think that's how you say that. Uh, you can find him on YouTube. You can watch his TED Talk that's called Why You'll Marry the Wrong Person. It's really, really interesting. Um from an attachment perspective and I know you're wondering what happens if you have an insecure attachment so of course therapy of course conscious healing of those subconscious wounds all that stuff needs to come out to the surface so that you can start to understand what's going on but I'd like to talk about those insecure attachment styles next week I want you to understand this theory I want you to start looking at your experiences and creating your list and understanding your needs and your beliefs before you start to look at you know oh that's me and what do I do because there are so many feelings that come up with it after and I know a lot of clients when they hear about their attachment style they also go straight into blaming their parents and having resentment and anger and that's okay you got to deal with those feelings too but it is important to understand that parents have attachment styles as well right they have those subconscious beliefs as well and we need to look at that we need to understand that generational trauma doesn't mean we need to go and heal our parents attachment style too but that placing the blame where isn't really going to serve too much of a purpose at least in getting you to change your attachment style and to feel more secure. Allow yourself to feel those feelings. Get angry, let it all out, journal it, express it if you need to, but recognize and come back that you are the healer of your attachment style and that that change does need to come from you and it can come from you. So if this is sounding interesting to you, then make sure that you go to my website, talkwithrocks.com and sign up to stay tuned to when Conscious Healing is going to be released. I'm really shooting for spring sometime, uh, more like late spring, maybe May. Um, so yeah, go ahead and do that. Put your email in so that you can be first to know when it's ready and when you do. I'll go ahead and I'll send you a safe space meditation that I've created as well. So you can start to kind of get a feel for what those meditations will look like um, and feel like, of course, as well as just start relaxing your nervous system enough to get down deep into the subconscious. So um, and as you know, please go ahead and share this with anyone that you think might find it interesting as well maybe your partner who you'd like to start looking at attachment styles with if you're looking for for another book um the book attached by dr amir levine is really great he also has um one of those quizzes on his website the book is called attached by the way and he has a quiz on his website for figuring out your attachment style so if you feel up for doing that this week before we meet again and start looking at those that might be a good idea I'll go ahead and I'll link that for you too. And I hope you have a great week. I hope you found learning about attachment theory side interesting. And next week, we'll get really deeper into looking at the different styles and how they show up in adulthood. So I hope that you have a great week and our time is up for today. 
Thank you so much.